0: i test.
1: 19th to start so we're gonna start on September 5th uh, on August 22nd it's a Tuesday night we're gonna have a meeting either downstairs in the library or the uh, or Bezos Sunday School classroom um, for anybody who is gonna help again this year or anybody um, who hasn't helped before and would like to help uh, August 22nd at 6:30 30 downstairs uh, we will have a meeting with all Discovery Club workers and potential Discovery Club workers uh, so uh, if you want to help, uh, or, or have helped in the past and, and aren't helping currently, or if you are helping currently, please come out on that Tuesday night. Uh, and We'll have a little meeting and get ready for Discovery Club to start up again. Okay? All right, thank you. Let's pray over the offering. God, we just thank you for the uh, opportunity to be in your house this morning. Lord, we thank you for the health and strength uh, just to be able to to get up and, and to come here. And uh, Lord, we pray that this morning as we gather, that we would just worship you as you are worthy. Lord, we pray that we would uplift your son's name. Lord, we pray that every song sung and every word said would just uh, be to your honor and glory. Lord, we pray that you'd be with Brother Corey as he stands to preach here this morning. Lord, we pray that you just fill him with your Holy Spirit. Lord, give him the words that are needed for today. Lord, I'm sure there's somebody here today that may not know you as their personal savior. Lord, we pray that through something that is said or sung, Lord, that their heart would be convicted, the Holy Spirit would work on them. Lord, and today could be that day of salvation for them. Lord, we thank you for the one we heard that was saved during Bible school. Lord, we thank you for that soul that was rescued out of the pits of hell. Lord, we pray that you would just be in this service today. Lord, help us to just be free to worship you and uh, be with this offering. Uh, We pray that the money uh, that is is given today would go to just further your kingdom and to be used uh, to uh, spread the outreach of this church. Uh, In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's
2: 198. 198. Everybody stand. last verse we're going to cut off the music and we're going to sing and get every get every good bit out of it aren't we last verse here we go sisters will you join
3: sisters pray and holy manna will be showered
2: all around amen you may be seated
1: i cannot tell you how thrilled i am that Harold did that i didn't i didn't have to get up and do it so what if the lord carries his coming when I'm gone, and I'll be gone for most of you, okay, I know, I know I'm getting older, and I'm gone, on a Sunday morning, I'm going to be listening for Naughty Hand, okay, and I want to hear y'all singing it nice and slow, getting all the good out of it, and while you're doing it, I'll be singing it with you, amen. waiting for you to show up on the other side, amen.
2: Well, when Pastor first started playing the guitar over there, not up front, we sang it a couple times, and I just went right through it. And I got scolded by some of y'all, so uh, I figure if he don't do it, I best. I might hear something afterwards. Hey, while I got the mic, um, I just want to put a quick plug out um, uh, for two things, I guess. I know the men's Bible study coming up, and uh, I don't know if, um, if you are, have ever been a part of that or attended that, but if you haven't, what a blessing that you're missing, I mean, when, I, when I've able, been able to attend, just the time that we share in God's Word and, and uh, prayer requests and testimonies that we hear, it's just a sweet time of fellowship uh, that we have there. And then we've got the young adults coming up, and um, so the young adults, we got, we got about 20 to 30 coming, and I'll just be honest with you, there's about six of them coming from here, um, which, you know what, I'm not, well... I wish some of you all would come, but I'm not upset about that because there's probably about five other churches represented, and really the heart of that, um, while, while it's here at Nottingham, isn't it's not just limited to Nottingham. It's limited. It, it's for young adults who need that type of connection, those friendships to be grounded in God's word. So um, we got two. So if you know somebody, a, a young person. Um, that, that's looking for some people to hang out with the, the young man that got saved Friday night, 19 years old, Nathan Sharp. Remember him in your prayers, uh, you know, as he's starting his relationship with the Lord and his walk with the Lord, you know, but I talked to him a little bit. So, you know, if, if, if you're not in your Bible during the week and not hanging out with God's people, um, then you're in the crosshairs of the devil and you just got, uh, a, a much higher probability of being consumed by what goes on in this world. We need to be in God's Word. We need to be around God's people. We need to be strengthening and encouraging each other. And uh, I don't know, I just wanted to put that plug out there. So, hey, Friday night, men's Bible study, Saturday, young adults. Um, hey, I'm thankful that uh, way before I ever even knew that I needed a Savior. That God was thinking of me. I wanted that this song was on my mind. Somebody mentioned it to me. I said, "You know what? I think we're gonna sing that." uh, Me on your mind. I've read the words in red you feed the 99 to find the one missing feels like that was written with me on your mind and the prodigal son who ran leaving his home behind the part part where the the father came running to meet him. him Just say that with me on your mind. Who am I that the king of the
4: world would give one single thought about my role?
2: Just knowing you're mindful of me, just knowing you call me your child, it's flooding my soul with unspeakable hope.
5: Thank you, Lord, that it's me
2: comes down.
1: And when we met Corey, he was a single young man, a young preacher, just getting started and uh, looking for a wife. (laughs) And he found a wife and and now he's got a little baby boy, a toddler, uh, and, uh, and he's become a great preacher in his own right. The Lord's given him a marvelous opportunity to pastor a wonderful church, uh, a growing church, and we praise the Lord for all of that. So it's our joy today to hear Corey Ingerbretson come and bring the message today. Y'all pray for him as he comes to preach. Preacher, I love you. First time I ever uh, mounted this pulpit, he,
6: uh, he asked me, he said, uh, did, your, did your mother dress you or something like that? I had socks on that were absolutely, that's whenever I was young and dumb, and I'm still young, but not as dumb. Well, I'm dumber probably, but uh, but but uh, I had them, I felt like I had to wear some funky colored socks up here. And now if y'all look right here on my leg, uh, my little boy had breakfast and dropped it on me, so now I don't even have no kind of socks or no kind of hip clothes at all. I'm wearing my father-in-law's tie uh, because I forgot my tie back at home, and so it's just how it goes nowadays. And, uh, but anyway, let's take our Bibles, go to Luke chapter number 22. And I uh, just want to, with my heart this morning, is to give the church a reminder of where we are and, uh, and what is going on inside of our lives. Luke chapter number 22 and uh, we're going to dive in here at verse number 31, a scripture you know very well. I'm not getting into the depths of it today. Uh, I'm not going to be talking about the, uh, the, the, uh, the process of the sifting and all that good stuff there. Uh, no doubt your pastor has uh, talked about that many times. And I want to say what a wonderful church. I appreciate this church. Uh, there, is generational, uh, there is generational relationships in Jesus Christ in this church. And uh, that's what I appreciate most about this place I see families that raise families that raise their families that raise their families that still go to church here. And that is the sign of a uh, gospel-believing church. And so I appreciate this place. And that is a lot to do with your pastor. Uh, God has given y'all a man here. And uh, God has given y'all a man here that has been long-term and has done an absolutely tremendous job uh, not only in this ministry here, but God has allowed him to be able to reach out into other ministries as well. And count that a blessing. Uh, they count that a blessing that your pastor is able to be a blessing to other people. And uh, so let's go in our Bible this morning. And by the way, my wife came from here too. And so that works out well as well. Uh, she always desired to go down south and so did her mama. But she married a, a Yankee up here. So she had to stay up north. Uh, But her daughter uh, went after her. I'm getting some looks over here right now that I'm just going to stay on this side of the room. So her daughter ended up going where where God was and and came down there. And we don't expect to come back up. Uh, But I will say this. We come up to Sight and Sound. Y'all have got some of the most beautiful country. I know y'all take it for granted. And uh, no doubt y'all have a wonderful church family here. And so please don't take that for granted. Y'all's choir. Uh, choir, y'all done a better job than they let on. Uh, y'all do a great job here, and do not take that choir for granted. Uh, I tell you, that is a blessing. Not a lot of places you go into have a choir that's as good as y'all's. And uh, Brother, brother Daryl, thank you for being faithful there. Uh, Luke chapter number 22, we're going to dive in here this morning. And I want to read a couple of verses and, and then give you a thought that's on my heart. So the Bible says in Luke chapter number 22, Verse number 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that ye may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, but uh, both into prison and to death." And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not not crow this day before that thou thrice deny uh, that thou knowest me. We find here inside of this scripture a very familiar passage of scripture. But a thought I want to run on in this this morning is, Jesus, I've got this. How many of y'all have ever said that before? And I'm just going to go ahead and raise two hands up here uh, for those that don't want to raise their hand this morning. How many of y'all ever said, Lord, I think I've got this one? I think I can take care of this situation right here. I believe I've got this one under control, Lord. This one's not that hard. I believe I can handle this. I believe I can overcome what's ahead of me. And if we would take our Baptist spiritual mask off this morning, all of us could be honest and say that we've been in that place where we said, Lord, I think I've got this one. So I want to talk this morning about I've got this, Jesus. I've got this, Jesus. We find here in the word of God, the Bible says, and the Lord You see, that word right there, that label of God is given to the Messiah. In the Old Testament, we find that the word Lord was capitalized most times. It was capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D. That was speaking of the specific uh, name of God, of Jehovah, or the character of God. Jehovah, that is the God that has been, the God that is today, and the God that always will be. And so in the Greek, in the New Testament now we find that this word Lord is given to the Messiah none other than the Lord Jesus Christ and can I say this if we make much of Jesus Jesus will make much of you and we find here this morning that this word Lord is is showing us a picture of the Old Testament a word Lord as well Jesus always has been Jesus is today and Jesus thanks God, He will be tomorrow as well. So the Bible says here, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. I don't know about y'all, but this word Simon right here, it is literally speaking of if you translate it in the Greek into the letter, or to to the word stone or the word rock. You can take your minds back uh, to a little place that Jesus looked at Peter and He said, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall shall not prevail against thee. So we find here uh, that we find that, that, that Simon, that the rock that is being built upon here, known is none other than Jesus Christ, but we find the, the word and the context of Scripture that we can pull together about Peter. He is talking to the church. And so what's about to be said over the next couple of verses is to you. The next couple of verses is to me this morning. The next couple of verses is written down to the church. And so my ears perk up when Jesus is trying to speak to me. We find here in the Bible says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. You could say it like this And the Lord said, Church, church. Behold, this word behold right here that Jesus says, he's pretty much telling us, and I've got, a, I've got a long introduction, short message. Is that all right? So you've got to get all this in order to be able to get the message at the end. So I'm going to go very quick because I know VBS has been very long this week. And for those of y'all that served in VBS, you're, you're probably dragging, but those of y'all that haven't, I, I don't know where y'all were. Y'all should have been at VBS. Amen. I, I'm just saying, but you got to be in VBS. That's fun time so we find here that this word behold it is it is something that is about to be introduced and Jesus is saying here he is saying behold Satan there's another word that we've got to pay attention to to really be able to understand the context of everything that is going on here that word Satan right there is speaking of your adversary not just Simon Peter's adversary Church is speaking of your adversary. It's speaking of the prince of evil spirits. It is speaking here of the direct adversary of God and Christ. And if there's an adversary to God and Christ, then I'm against that thing. We find the Bible says here, and the Lord said, and the Messiah said, Simon, Simon, church, church, behold, I'm about to tell you something. Satan. Your adversary. What Jesus is wanting to tell the church this morning is about your adversary. If you learn the ways of Satan, then you're able to have a little bit of knowledge about where he's going to attack from, how he's going to attack. Because can I say this, he's going to attack the same way every single day. He comes the same way. He does the same thing yet trips us up time after time after time after time. We find here the Bible says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. Who's the word of God speaking to this morning? The church. And Jesus himself is allowing the church to be able to see what Satan is after did you notice that he didn't say the animals did you notice that he didn't say the chickens even though down south we love fried chicken and I know y'all think well Pennsylvania's not south but them Marylanders they think they're still in the south because of the Mason-Dixon line you ain't in the south I'm just gonna let you know that anybody that talks like this is not from the south Y'all didn't know I could do that, did you? My father-in-law, my mother-in-law so uncomfortable this morning. Wait till my boy starts acting up. I told him I'm going to call him right out in church and it's going to make her really, really, really sad. First time my boy was ever in church, he started whining. He was a little baby. He didn't even have to know. He, he couldn't, I mean, he was just a little kid. I said, get him out of here. There's a place for him. That's the nursery. I'm just kidding. No men are allowed in the nursery. No men in the nursery. (laughs) He wasn't even acting bad. Well, let's get back to the Bible. The Bible says, church, here Satan hath desired to have you. We could say it like this this morning. Satan desires to have your husband, ma'am. Satan desires to have your wife, sir satan desires to have your children ma'am satan desires to have your preacher church satan desires to take away your choir church satan desires to have you when satan is talking about having something he is talking about gathering that thing together unto his own we think about a little bit of the things that we do throughout the day we live in that when we say Jesus I've got this Oh Lord I've got this one I can take care of this Jesus By the way, I want to give y'all a little bit of tidbit on all that. If y'all's kids are crying, it don't bother me one bit. It's only my own, so y'all are good. Don't feel like you've got to leave, all right? It's just my own, so just enjoy it, all right? Oh, goodness. The Bible says Satan hath desired to have you. Can I I take a, a silent poll in here this morning? Across the room, no raising of hands, no batting of eyes, no shaking of heads. Have you ever opened up the Word of God and said, the Word of God just is not for me? I don't get anything from it. When I read it, it don't do nothing for me. I don't understand it. It doesn't, it doesn't give me something. I think all of us have probably been in that position before. Can I say this? The Bible is not a self-help book. If you want a self-help book, there's a Barnes & Noble bookstore somewhere around here. Y'all are just as in the middle of the country as I am where I live at. And so it's probably miles and miles from here. But there's a books of a million uh, that is somewhere around in this vicinity or a bookstore that you could go to and you can no doubt about it find hundreds of self-help books. But this one is not one. see, this Bible in 2023 in our day... It says that I'm the main character of the Bible you say well no I don't think that's true okay well let me ask you this question why is it when you go to the Word of God and you don't get something for yourself you get mad you close it and you put it away because you're making yourself the main character of the Bible instead of Jesus Yourself is the main character. Lord, I don't get nothing out of the Word of God. Oh, it's not doing nothing for me. And so I'm not going to read it. Most people just like going to the gym on January 1. You'll last about a week, maybe two at most. And you're not getting nothing out of the Word of God. And you put it back away for the year. And then next year when December 29th comes around. You all of a sudden say, I'm two two days away from walking into the new year. And I'm going to make sure that I read my Bible all the way through this year. Yet you open it up and it's just as dry as the year before. Why is that? It's because you're looking for the wrong one in the Bible. You're looking for yourself whenever you're supposed to be finding Jesus. You know, I find that in the light of Jesus Christ, all anxieties go away. I find that in the light of Jesus Christ, all pain seems to subside. I find that in the light of Jesus Christ, that everything that is bonding and binding me down is all of a sudden getting off of my shoulders and flying away when I see Jesus in His right mind and right place. Let me give you a hint about the Word of God that you know very well. When you read this Bible, search out Jesus. When you find Jesus, the Bible will help you. But going to the Bible and saying, Lord, help me, is not the way to come. It's this, Lord, show me Jesus. Show me the Lamb of God. Show me the Messiah. Show me who He is. And when I see who He is, all of these other things will pass away. We find here the Bible says this. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. I'm not going to go into the sifting process, but this word sift right here, it literally means to overthrow you. He desires to sift you as wheat. We find here that most Christians in this day only think uh, think of worshiping god as an intimate thing is something that people will laugh at them about i don't know why christians in 2023 do not think it's okay to be able to worship their god however they want to can i give you all a little tidbit about the rest of the world and the rest of the religions let's take hinduism for example please don't look at my leg my boy has spilt some stuff on me and I've got a stain on my pants, all right? Can I I just say something about the world's religions? Check out Hinduism. Hindu people, they don't care where they are. They don't care who's around them. They don't care what they're doing. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to worship their God. Thank you for asking. They're going to worship their God however they want to do it, whenever, no matter what you think. Let's take Muslims, for example. No matter where they're at, no matter what they're doing, and by the way, this is an Americanized culture here that I'm talking about in Christianity. If you go all around to other parts of the world, Christianity is very much so worshiped, and Jesus is worshiped in His right place. But in America, we find, we say let me look around the restaurant to see if anybody I know from work is here before I bow my head pray for my family and this food. Now, we know this is right. The Lord's speaking to me on the side of the highway or in the middle of a bunch of people. I saw a couple the other day at Sight and Sound. They stood right there in the midst of everybody, in the midst of a crowd. And they were standing there, husband, I guess husband and wife, I'm just going to say they were. They were awfully close not to be, but husband and wife holding hands, praying before they went into this show. Well, what a blessing. What a shame. I'll never forget, I was heading over to Israel one time. Richard, you know all about this beautiful land. I would never seen a Jewish person. I'm talking about like a real deal Jew. I've seen Jewish people, but I'm talking about a practicing Jew that had the hat on, the little slinkies coming down the side of their head right here. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the Jewish people, right? I'm talking about them type people. I've never seen one real deal. Why well, I get on this plane, and this plane is stinking to high heavens. Preacher, you know all about this. They got all kinds of food on there. All of it's out of the microwave. All of it's out of the frozen food section. And all of it stinks. And I'm pretty sure some people on there stunk too. They hadn't taken a bath in a little while. But anyway, that's beside the subject. By the way, if you ain't taking a bath in a while, take a bath. It'll help you out. Lord, I'm sorry. We find on this on this plane though something I'll never forget. Is Jewish people preacher? They wear they wear that they wear that cloak. They call it a tent, and they they wear it up underneath. So you, you really don't even ever see it. Sometimes you might see the ends of it uh, coming out the bottom, but. They wear it up underneath their jacket and it's always there but there was one point in time in the flight and all of a sudden I saw all across this flight these Jewish people taking out their tent and placing it over their head and they started rocking back and forth I looked at my preacher and I said preacher are we going to heaven today He said, no, son. He said, that's the Jewish people praying to God. All of them do it at the same hour, same time, or whenever God may lead them to do it. Now, we know that there's a whole lot wrong with their theology, and we get that, and we got that, and we're good. But can I say this morning, they were not ashamed, did not care who was next to them, did not care who was around them, could care less about the person that was sitting on the aisle over Not even one time thought about it. They were going to worship their God right then and there no matter what. Where have we gone off in American Christianity? We find here the Bible says this. I want us to go down to verse number 33. We find the first thing in verse number 31 that there is a prison that is, that we are locked into as the church, or Satan is trying to lock us into. And that is the desiring to have you and to sift you. We find in verse number 33, the second part comes about here, and the second part is the promise that comes from Peter. Now, all of us in this room, if you are saved by the grace of God, have been to the place that we are about to read about. The Bible says this, and he said unto the Lord, I am ready to go with thee. (laughs) I've said that a million times before. And he even says, I'm ready to go to prison for you. And I'm also ready to go to the deathbed for you. I don't know about you, but there's only one person in this sanctuary right now because my little boy is outside of the sanctuary, my father-in-law. Uh, and so there's only one person in the sanctuary right now. I love your mother-in-law. I love you, Miss Cindy. But the only person I'm dying for in this sanctuary right here is that one right there. I love y'all too, but I ain't dying for you. I even love you so much, I'm not even going to prison for you. I don't know if I'd go to prison for you. You'd probably go to prison yourself, but I'll, I'll die for you. But prison's your own. I've been there one time, and I don't want to go back. We find here that, 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 that Peter goes to the extreme here. He says, Jesus, he could have just said, Jesus, I'm willing to go. But he said, no, I'm willing to go to the jail cell, and I'm also willing to go to death for you. I think Peter might have taken that just a little bit too far. But we find that in verse number 32, there's something that Jesus tells Peter before he ever even knew what was about to come upon him. This is beautiful right here. Verse number 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you and to sift you as wheat. And Peter said unto the Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into the prison and into death. We see see the prison and we see the promise from Peter. But number three here this morning, let's see the prayer that Jesus gives out to Peter here. And can I say this, church, the prayer that we are about to read is not only to Peter. Remember who Jesus is talking to. He is talking to Simon, which means rock or stone, which is the stone in which the church, the the, the cornerstone Jesus Christ, in which the church is built upon. And so he is speaking to the church here this morning, and we find that he says this, but. What does that word but mean? It means that whatever was said right there before is about to change on its head. So let's read verse number 31 and go into verse number 32. Is anybody confused yet? I hope not. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, church, church, I'm about to tell you something. Satan, your adversary, he hath desired to have you that he may sift you. But I have prayed <laughs> I've prayed for thee. My wife, I love it when my wife prays for me. We have times, and thank God for it, when my wife audibly, I'll sit there in silence and my wife will audibly pray for me. And there's nothing like hearing your wife pray for you. There's also times when we reverse that and my wife hears me pray for her. And those are some special times. I've got a grandmother in my life. I call her Nana. And that grandmother is is special to me. She has always been a God-fearing woman, raised right, taught right. And, uh, man, she just, she knows it. She has prayed for me. And I'm telling you, it is off the back of my Nana's prayers that I am saved by the grace of God today. I believe that with all of my heart. Can I say this? As much as a prayer warrior as my Nana is. When Jesus is praying for me, she can go on about her business. When the Messiah is praying for Corey, when the Messiah is praying for you, it don't really matter who else is praying for you. The greatest one's at the throne room right now. We find here that Jesus says, Peter, I have prayed for thee. What has he prayed for, Peter? What has he prayed for the church? Look at your Bible here, that thy faith may fail not. Jesus is praying, he knows that Satan is coming to desire to have you, to sift you, to tear you apart, to throw your world upside down, to give you all of these things. But Jesus said, don't worry about verse number 31, I have prayed for you and I am praying that whenever the attack comes and Satan comes at you, that your faith stays strong. We find here the Bible says that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, this is not talking about being saved by the grace of God. This is talking about coming back from denying Christ. Mind you, Jesus did not even tell Peter that until verse number 34. But Jesus is preparing the Lord Jesus Christ for what's to come. I like to say it like this. Jesus is the only one that can prescribe before he describes what does that mean well when you go to the doctor this morning there is a you go to the doctor and they they go in and you uh, and you say hey I've got this wrong with me and the doctor comes back and he says well I'm going to prescribe you this type of medicine but Jesus is the opposite and he's the only one that can be the opposite. Jesus is prescribing the medicine before the ailment was ever described. Boy, isn't that special? That's our Savior this morning. We find here, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not and when thou art converted, when you're brought back to me, Peter, when you're brought back to me, church, strengthen thy brethren. When you're brought back to me, I've got something for you to do. How many of y'all have ever walked away from God or sinned or said Jesus I've got this and then you realize that you ain't got nothing you've got to fall on the face or your face for Jesus and you've got to give this thing over to him and then you find out you act like you're you're some kind of lower Christian or I don't want people to look at me by the way you're the only one that knows even though it seems like the whole world does uh, but but you you say well I just gotta I've got to get my way back up to this level before I can be this type of Christian that's not what our Bible teaches Jesus says right here, Peter, when you're brought back to me, go strengthen the brethren. What is he saying? Go minister unto people. When you're brought back to me, when your sin is done away with, now that you've walked away from me, you've put me down, you've spat upon my name, but Peter, when you come back to me, go out and share the gospel. Who was the first one that preached after the day of Pentecost? Peter. After Peter had denied Christ. I wonder what Mary thought about that. She was in the upper room praying with him in Acts chapter number 1. She was up in the upper room praying with these men, and she was praying with the ones that denied Jesus right there in front of them. She forgot about that. She forgave that. And then Peter gets up and goes out, and he preaches to the people. He strengthens the people. You know what the Bible says about strengthening our brethren? Iron sharpeneth iron. So sharpen one man sharpeneth the countenance of another. You want to know what that's speaking of? Brother Robbie, I I can come to you and speak to you and and by our conversation, it can lift your spirit. It can help you to go on another mile. So Jesus says here, Peter, when you get converted, when you come back to me, don't worry about those things that you've done in the past. Don't worry about denying me. Just go out and tell somebody what I've done for you. We find here this, this Bible verse. It goes a little bit further in verse number 34, and now Jesus is coming, and he's saying this, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, for thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Jesus told Peter what was going on before he ever, he told him the prescription before he ever gave him the description of what it was about to happen in his life let me ask you this this morning say it like this see the Bible is full of promises that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven the Bible is full of the promises of God in this world it shows the fullness of God in His Godhead through Jesus Christ but the big question here this morning is which one of us are in Peter's circumstance we've come in here this morning And we've got a load on our shoulders. Preacher, we've got some things that we're trying to figure out. And we've got it, boy, we've got it lined up heavy and hot. You see, nobody sees it in here. Because this is Sunday morning. This is church time. This is when we got our act put together. Can I say this morning, Jesus sees past your act. And he wants wants you to worship him like other religions worship their gods. We've come in with baggage on, and I'm talking about baggage, that if we saw it spiritually, it would throw down to the side. We couldn't even carry it no further. But yet today we have decided that we're going to walk inside of the church house and we're going to walk back outside of the church house the same exact way. I've got this baggage on my shoulders but when I leave out today, I've gone to church, I've done my duty, but why is God not speaking? You're making yourself the main character this morning instead of making Jesus the main character this morning. I promise you this. If you bring your baggage down to Jesus, Jesus will take your baggage on The American Christian way is to say, Okay, Jesus, I come down, some kind of religious experience, and pick it back up and walk off with it again. But can I remind you that we're not bought by religion? We're bought by a relationship. And when you lay yourself down and your stuff down to Jesus, you're giving it not to a religion, not to some God, you're giving it to your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible is clear on this. He makes our yoke easy and burden light. So let me ask you this morning, who's in the position of saying, Jesus, I got this. Brother, if you don't mind coming to play a little bit for me, I love hearing them, them fingers hit them keys over there. You're tremendous at this thing. But I wonder who, who's here this morning that says, Jesus, I've got this. Jesus, I can take care of this one. Jesus, I can figure this one out. But let me say it like this: This morning, there was a boy that's in my church. I say he's a boy; he's probably older than me, actually. A couple of weeks ago, his family come up to me in church, and he said, "Preacher, we've got two sons, and we really want God to bring them back to church. They got hurt in church years ago. They've been gone ever since. They're nowhere near right with God. Will you help us pray?" That God would draw them back to Him Himself. I said, "Well, sure," and my, my way of doing that is praying right then and there. Because fact is, there's a lot going on on a Sunday afternoon. I'm seeing a lot of people, hearing a lot of prayer requests. If I don't pray right then and there, it's not saying that I'm trying to forget it, but if I do, I want to make sure that I prayed for that person. So we say that we prayed, and it was two weeks later. We were in a church service, and we got to the end of the church service. God was moving. He was sticking the building, helping people. And at the end of the service, she stood up. She said, Preacher, I got to say something. I said, Absolutely. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart, go ahead. She said, Preacher, she said, I didn't call you the other day. She said, But two days ago, my boy, one of them boys that we was praying for, He was in an accident and he cut a main artery in his arm and he almost bled out. He was literally on the phone with the EMS and saying, am I going to die? Am I going to die? They had to inject blood into him and put blood after blood after blood to be able to revive this young man. Two weeks later, which would have been last Sunday. I walked into church Sunday before his daddy come up to me and said my son said he's gonna be here next Sunday if he can I said okay I've heard that many a times and parents have gotten so many times that parents that their kids have said yes I'm gonna be there but then they end up sitting in the pew themselves." so I started praying I said Lord don't break the hearts of this family they're believing you for this Lord Next thing you know, last Sunday comes about. This boy walks in. I know exactly who he was because he had a wrapped up arm. There was no doubt who this young boy was. He had a wrapped up arm. and I walked up to his daddy and I said, it's good to see you this morning. You're a blessing. (coughs) Turned around and he said, this is my son. I stuck out my right hand. I had to throw it over because his right hand was hurt. Shake his left hand. I looked at him square in the eye, big guy. I said, sir, I've never met you before, but you sure are blessed. He put his head down. He said, preacher, I know I am. I say all that to say this. There was baggage in that man's life that nobody knew about. Mama didn't know about it. Daddy didn't know about it. Aunt's, uncle's preacher sure didn't know about it nobody had a clue The closest person to you even your wife doesn't know about your husband doesn't know about the burden that you're carrying and I say this morning you don't have to speak to them you don't have to try to call out on somebody else the Bible says there is one mediator between God and man and that is the man Christ Jesus If you bring your burdens, your baggage, your luggage down to Jesus and stop saying, Jesus, I've got this. Peter said that. He said, Lord, I'm willing to go to the prison with you. I'm willing to go to death. I've got this. He said, no, Peter, you're going to deny me. And when Peter did, he brought his luggage back to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Like he's always been faithful to do, he brought, he took that luggage upon himself. Took the yoke upon himself took it off of the, the year the, the young man let's stand all over the building this morning head bows and eyes closed all over the building I just wonder let us not be caught up in that place that American Christianity says we have to be in this morning and say, I'm worried about what somebody else is going to think about me. Why don't we find ourselves like the Jewish people and pull out our tents this morning, put it over our head and say, Lord, I need you. And say this, show me Jesus. Nobody's looking around the building. This is time for you and God and you and God alone. Nobody's looking around. This is your time bring your luggage and your baggage down to God maybe you don't have a whole lot of weight on you maybe you just say this morning Lord show me Jesus in the scripture I'm not getting much out of the Word of God show me Jesus show me the Lamb of God there's anybody in here that's never Come in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say this morning? He is enough for you. Ten years ago last month, God saved me. Hadn't turned back since. Greatest day of my life. Why don't you bring your baggage to Jesus? I'd hate to think we're going to leave out of this church service the same way we came in. All because... We're too prideful to say, well, I'm worried about what somebody's going to think. Worried about what they're going to say about me. Husband, maybe your wife is just waiting for you to grab her hand. Maybe your son or your daughter is just waiting for you to grab their hand. Show me Jesus. We're not in no rush. You take your time. It's the Lord's time. God's preaching, God's word always demands a response. That's what these altars are for. What are you going to do with the bread that God just gave you this morning? Nobody's looking around. It's your time with the Lord.
7: Father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. sin upon his shoulders, ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin